are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. Hello, it's uh, me again. And wasn't it so good hearing from our Bain community in our church? This morning, we're finishing our series in Daniel called Faith in a Real World. And Daniel, as we've seen, has been a book of two halves. In the first half, we've seen this narrative of Daniel's life and how he lived in faith to God. And in the second half, we've seen how he's had dreams and visions. And these have been a real source of hope for him as he's pressed in through. And and all these dreams and visions took place during those first, uh, first six chapters. And so that's why it's a book of these two halves. And today we're in the final vision, which um, is actually covering the last three chapters of the whole book. Now, we're not going to read all three chapters, but we will summarise them as we go through. But before we get stuck into uh, chapter 10, I want to ask you this. If your life is a ship and the storms of life come where is your anchor placed that keeps you steady where are you rooted to for your sense of security i guess the thing i'm asking you is where is your ultimate hope and that is the title of this morning's talk ultimate hope throughout the book of daniel Daniel's hope has been in seeing his people return to Jerusalem, his people restored and his nation nation restored to all that it should be. But he's about to have a vision where that dream is just torn to tatters, it's torn into pieces. And it makes him physically sick for, for three weeks where he's mourning. God needed to reveal to him his ultimate plan for how he was really going to bring restoration and redemption to his people and the nation. And he needed to show him where he should place his ultimate hope. And throughout this talk, I'm gonna, I've got three main points. Life is tough, but God is faithful and in him we trust. So we're going to start with life is tough at the beginning of Daniel chapter 10 which Jean's going to read for us. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So life is tough. Right at the start of the chapter in verse one, we find out that this is placed in the third year of King Cyrus. Now that tells us that Daniel is about 85 years old, so he's coming towards the end of his life. But more importantly, we know that the people of God, the people of Jerusalem have started to return over the last two years. 
at the start of the book of Ezra in the Old Testament, we see that the decree was issued to Ezra and the people then to go back. And that was in the first year of King Cyrus. So now two years on, we know that the people have started to head back to Jerusalem. And Daniel hasn't, I guess, because of old age, maybe King Cyrus wanted him around. We're not too sure. But what we find, though, is that Daniel has this true message given to him in this vision. And it's horrific. And so he mourns for, for three weeks and he doesn't eat the choice food. He, he has no lotion on his skin, which in a really hot country is really bad as skin irritations would, would occur regularly. Daniel, he has dreamed to see his people return to Jerusalem. He's dreamed to see the nation of God restored and the starting that has started to happen, but then he has this vision and it is horrific. And the horrific part of the vision really takes place throughout chapter 11. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because, to be honest, it's quite boring. It's, it's a really long chapter. It goes back and forth. And what we see is that that hope, that desire to see the people of Jerusalem restored actually is not going to take place. That throughout the next hundreds of years, kings are going to rise up from the south and the north. And it goes on back and forth like that throughout the chapter. It's a constant battle and it ultimately ends up with the desolation of the abomination that happens in the temple. And we read about or heard about Antiochus Epiphanes IV when we looked at chapter Eight. This part of the vision is depicting all that same timeline of events. And it is so accurate that, you know, some people even debate when was the book written? Could he really have written it before these events took place? Appendix D in Dr. John Lennox's book um, called Against the Flow actually goes through and every single king of the south and king of the north, he puts in against a timeline towards the events that actually took place. So if you want to dig in more, then I, I recommend that book. But Daniel, having longed to see his people restored, having seen the first wave return to Jerusalem, is now shown that actually there's going to be unrest, upheaval. There's going to be war and famine and strife for his people instead. And he is shook to the core. The root where his anchor has been lodged and the things that he's been hoping for is now not holding his boat still. The reality is that life is tough. Just over the past few years, we've, we've questioned all sorts of systems and places where we put our trust in and our hope in for the future. Our political systems has been upheaved and we've seen all sorts of decisions take place across the world that many thought would never really happen. We've seen votes and referendums and presidential campaigns come to fruition in unexpected ways. Our mortality has been shook. We've been reminded in this current pandemic that this advanced bubble of the UK actually is not immune to worldwide disease. We've seen really what the true progress that has been made in racial equality in recent times and gender equality and all sorts of other uh, injustices because they take place all around the world. And like 
Daniel, we should mourn the state of our countries, the state of our humanity and cry out to God for his grace. The vision that Daniel was having, it was played out over those 400 years. But do you know what? Actually, it continues to play out to this day as powers and rulers struggle with each other back and forth. And they jostle for economic gain and the outlook in many areas of life can look bleak for many. And of course, we all have our own struggles too: struggles with sin, struggles with health. Struggles with relationship, struggles with work, struggles with parenting, struggles with family members. Life is tough. And chapter 11 shows us this. The Bible doesn't hide away from that or paint it in rose-tinted spectacles. And Daniel is shook. But God is faithful. Let's hear from the rest of chapter 10. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of fine gold from Euphrates round his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left, my face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days, and Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face towards the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my lord, and I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my lord, since you have given me strength. 
So he said, Do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the Prince of Persia, and when I go, the Prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is written in the Book of Truth. In verse 17, Daniel says, My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. But then he sees this one like a, a son of man who comes and says, Do not be afraid. Peace. Be strong. Be strong. God is just so faithful. Though the worldwide stage and our own lives might look bleak, you know, God is, is above it all. And he has a grand plan. And, you know, did you read the description of the person that Daniel could see? He said this, he was a man dressed in fine linen with a, a belt of fine gold around his waist. His body like topaz, which is a precious jewel. His face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like gleam like burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. You know, Daniel saw this when, when he saw this son of man. And, and John had a similar vision, uh, uh, the vision he, that he reveals in Revelation chapter 1. And there he says it is the revelation of Jesus. And he says this, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held the seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. This vision that Daniel is having of this one like the son of man is Jesus it's revealed to him in this way it's revealed to John in the same way and to others across the Bible and theologians call this a theophany this is when Jesus is revealed in the Old Testament before he he comes and, and is shown in the in the New Testament this Jesus that we find out about verse 12 says that he hears Daniel's words and responds this Jesus in verse 16 touches his lips and enables him to speak. This is a picture of him bestowing righteousness on him, able to speak in the presence of his majesty. This Jesus in verse 18 gives strength to Daniel. And this Jesus in verse 11 encourages him to stand and to face the day. In the face of the terrible vision that's taken place, Jesus comes and encourages Daniel to stand, bestowing on him righteousness and giving him strength. You know, God is so faithful and he's shown Daniel to put his trust in this ultimate hope, not in the short term restoration of his people, but in the eternal restoration of the world that comes through Jesus. And so I ask, where has your boat been rocked in recent times? What, what storms are you facing? Where has your anchor been loosened? In Ephesians it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against one another or people from different nations or cultures or races. 
but it's against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. These words that we hear in the New Testament in Ephesians just echo those words that Jesus gave to Daniel in verse 11 as he says, have strength, stand. When the places your anchor resides get shaken, we're reminded that our ultimate hope comes from the Lord. Life is tough, but God is faithful. And in chapter 12, we're going to see how we should put our trust in him. We're going to read from verse 5. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand towards heaven and I heard him swear by him who lives forever saying it will be for a time, times and half a time. When the power of the holy people has been finally broken all these things will be completed. I heard but I did not understand so I asked My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest and then at the end of the days you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. So again, like we've said throughout this series, there's lots of different people have tried to speculate about the end times. When is this time, times and half a time? Where, what about this 1,290 days or this 1,335 days? When is all this going to take place? And people try to map it out. But the reality is that we don't know. But there will come a time when we do. Just like we now can look back on chapter 11, and we can see, yeah, yeah, that's what that's happened here, there, there, there. And we can see the timeline and we can track the events and track the kings. There will come a time when Jesus returns, where we will be able to look back and see how history has been unfolded. But that time is not just yet. Verse nine, therefore, encourages Daniel. Jesus says this, as for now, go your way for the words are going to be sealed up until the time of the end Jesus says to his disciples about the day and hour no one knows not even the angels nor the son 
but only the Father. And so Jesus says to us, as for you, go your way. The point that I want to make out of this chapter is that this chapter is the first time in the whole of the Old Testament where resurrection life has been explicitly stated. Having revealed this vision again, Jesus says in verse 13 to Daniel, as for you, go your way till the end. You will rest. And then at the end of days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. What an amazing picture of resurrection hope. Daniel knew that life was tough. His whole life he was longing and hoping to see the people restored. And, and he, has, he was hoped in this short term solution. And yet tr trouble comes. Life comes. Life is tough. And, and Jesus reveals to him, no, actually, this isn't the end. There's going to be more struggle and strife as you go on through life. But God is faithful. And he reveals Jesus to him, showing him the brilliance and majesty of his son, bestowing on him a righteousness, honour and dignity and strength that is not from himself, but it comes from God. Even when his strength is gone and even when he can't breathe, Jesus comes and says, do not be afraid. I'm with you at peace and stand. But, you know, the world around, it looks terrible and it looks bleak. And when all when is all this going to end? We can wonder. And Jesus says to us like he did for Daniel, as for you, go your way. Trust in God. And at the right time, you will rise again with an eternal inheritance. Life is tough, but God is faithful. And in him we trust. So where is your ultimate hope? Just maybe the thing that you've been longing for, like Daniel, has recently been taken away. You need to know that life is tough, but God is faithful and we need to trust in him. I'm just going to end by reading these words from Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas turns and says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for all those that right now are in a tough time, in a tough moment across our world, across our nation, certainly here in Guildford. I pray for all of us who might feel like our strength is gone, that we've got no energy, that we can't breathe. Lord, I thank you that you identify with us in your suffering. Lord, I thank you that you also knew what it meant to have pain, to be betrayed, to have health and to be judged by others. And I thank you, Lord God, that you identify in us in these tough situations. Father, I thank you that you're such a faithful God. 
You're so faithful to us in sending your son Jesus to make a restoration for the whole world that we might come to know you and have a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to forgive. You're faithful to act. You're faithful, Lord God, to uh, to be just and merciful. And I thank you, Lord God, that you sent your son to this earth. And I just pray now for all of us, would you help us to trust in you, whether that's for the first time or the thousandth time, Lord, I pray, help us to know that our ultimate hope, our ultimate trust can be placed in you. Help us, Lord God, in our days to go our way, trusting in you day by day, having our anchors rooted firmly on Jesus, the cornerstone, the rock of salvation. In your holy and heavenly name. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchgilford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.